0: culture podcast with Alaska, Kermit Castro, and Silver Rocco Ladies
1: and gentlemen, boys and girls, call out cultists of all ages, welcome to another installment of your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast. Yes. Call out culture. We're here. We are here.
0: The sun is out. The guns are out, meaning biceps. We're flexing on them.
1: Flexing hard.
0: Motherfucking tricep extensions.
1: Yeah. So, uh, how are you, gentlemen, doing today?
0: I'm good, man. Yeah. Just, just, I'm very hydrated. Okay, I drink, hydration. I drink a lot is of good. water these days. I have to get I have an app. I got to do 70 ounces a day. Oof. It's a lot.
1: It is a lot. Is that yeah. a? Uh, is that one of those Coors Light bottles? Like
0: I got this in the airport in an uh, SFO okay this water was probably i don't know ten dollars when i bought it but i like the bottle
1: okay so you just keep rocking the bottle.
0: proud source spring water a bottle from the rocky mountains alkaline Mm. it doesn't have any alkaline now still but okay fuck with it it looks like i'm drinking like a co2 tank
1: yeah it does getting your seltzer straight from the source
2: (laughs) straight from the
0: co2 suck it back
1: indeed castro how are you today
2: Um, good can't call it good can't call it
1: all right Mm -hmm. all right so uh yeah we don't really have like a full-on crazy topic today um we are basically just each of us are going to talk about something we want to talk about and then we'll go from there nice um so anybody want to set it off
0: Uh, i'm I'm gonna refrain until you guys start kicking the ball around and then i'll all
2: right i could i could do it so so pretty much this week was a guerrilla topic you kind of come up with something Mm -hmm. unbeknownst to our co-hosts and then they riff on it so my thing was there's an element of hip-hop that's not it's not ballyhooed as much as it used to be because it kind of got commodified or whatever but when you when you were younger whatever age that is in your 20s and your teens whatever and you would and you engaged in the practice of hip-hop there was a lot of lifestyle to it it mm-hmm. wasn't just uh gloves you can put on or a hat you know or a waistband or a belt this is like how you conducted yourself on a daily mm-hmm. and that led to your style choices there was there's always been a style thing and this is before the brands and the rock aware and um, you know, and Sean John and all that stuff started popping. Just there was a certain style that you rocked mm-hmm. that went along with your musical style, especially if you were MC. So I wanted to talk about what was your first hip hop style that you donned, your name brands, and why? And what did that turn into?
0: The good mm-hmm. one. I like So that. I, I can start. Yeah, cool. set it off.
2: So when I started, I was doing a lot of um obviously baggy stuff but i was very much into representing the um the elements on my clothing
1: Mm -hmm. so
2: a lot of like uh echo especially when they started coming with the b-boy imagery um and then certain bands and bands meaning like hip-hop groups or whatever wearing their stuff and i remember i was also into the big parachute well they call them parachute pants but Mm -hmm. they were cargo pants ufos yeah I did cargo pants for like a good three, four years, like heavy. Well, they're like back a lot now. now. They're back. Yeah, but they're, they're different now. They're like, oh, it's super sophisticated it's and not bad. made of the thin, plasticky material. <laughs> it's not the same, you know. It's it's, it's, it's not, definitely, yeah. I mean, it might, it's, 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 I'm not saying bad. it's a bad thing, but it's made of better material now. You can upcharge from, I'm talking about the days when they were 30, 40, flat, bang, yep. get yep. a pair. Um, and then my sneaker choices vary. I was always like the off the cuff sneaker cat. Like I was getting, obviously, I told you about this before. Xavier McDaniel sneakers and Ewing's, like all very off brand. I actually did not like getting the on brands. I never owned a pair of Jordans in my life. So when something mm-hmm. was popular, I went somewhere else. I was buying Avias, you know what I'm saying? And shit like that. Lottos, 524s. rocking
0: your Lottos.
2: British Knights. I had British Knights. I had UK. the rules. I had the kangaroos with the pocket last could know what i'm Ooh, talking the about yeah. With the zipper the pocket and the money gets caught, trapped in the sneaker yep. and when you there finally goes, get over the goes sneaker, 48 cent you cut, cent. It, you cut it open i had a 5 dollars bill in there i cut it open to get it out that pocket yep. so yeah and I, I think you know um i could mention people like um keith murray Das effects mm-hmm. was in my realm i remember when outcast stopped dressing in conventional hip hop terms when they stopped wearing just the sports regalia and stuff like that And I was always the cat that I I like multifunctional stuff. So when I was younger, I liked to buy sneakers that I could rock that look cool, but I could also play ball in. So Mm -hmm. when I started really getting into hip hop, even when I was still in school, I wanted to wear outfits that I could go perform in and I could just go around in. Like if if there's a performance at any point, I I should be able to do it. I shouldn't have to go home and change or anything, Mm -hmm. especially like that. And even my first couple of jobs, I definitely dressed like the urban uh, urban like, guy uh, ur- urban professional like you know what i'm saying dread caps and a lot of oh uh God. most deaf nods and and motifs cuz he was he was in my style uh diggable planets that not i didn't know that that i was dressing like them but i actually was uh-huh. um yeah so that 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 was mine and and then it changed it's uh, my life started messing with it because i started wearing work clothes on stage i know people like that phase of mine it's a bunch of button-ups I would roll up the sleeves and shit. And now I'm back to, um, like, I, uh, more color. Like, when you're wearing, like, office clothes and it's a lot of blues, grays, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, raps, browns. you know what I'm
2: saying, browns. But, um, you know, hip-hop will have you wearing, like, a yellow Marley shirt or some shit, like something bright. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I went back into more color. I was mm-hmm. I'm more expressive with color. And actually making an effort. Considering my life kind of flipped upside down, so it's more important for me to perform than to go to some stupid job so yes. you know i could put more priority into like let me just get myself a little piece here a little piece there because for the mm-hmm. longest i was working making more money but it was just like the money wasn't going to like hip-hop where i barely even i would go from work to shows so i who when would i even change on the train or some shit right. But yeah it, it was a it's form and function for me but at first i was very much a bohemian expressive i would say that that bohemian look when um. All of that, uh, Soul Quarian and all that shit. That was all me. All that, all that stuff. <laughs> I was wearing all that shit. Uh, the, mean, the, all the, all the day pieces, Chappelle that, era. The that day double Chappelle splash with the leather coats on poison. I was wearing everything you've seen in there. The belial. I was. I rocked all of that at some point.
0: <laughs> you had a, you had a black, green, and, and red wristband.
2: All right, uh, the color. Yeah. So <laughs> well, mine was um red, black, and green. I went to uh, LRG. All LRG. And I was wearing wristbands, headbands on my arms. Always had to try to. It was very important for me to have red, black and green on me at all times. Oh, Especially to, nice. I started dating this one girl and she she was just like that, like headbands, earrings and stuff like that. And that that definitely influenced my co- um my dress code if you mm-hmm. will. Nice. Alaska so yeah. Place. yeah, yeah, what was yeah. You, what was first? So
1: yeah, so my the first like hip hop style I really like adopted was like probably in like 89ish when I started mm-hmm. like rocking paisley shirts. <laughs> and a lot of like a lot of mustard colors Woo. um i would rock those um house party shit yeah like house party shit um brand yes. newbie like a lot of like the native tongue yeah, style brand newbie had the colorful shirts at yeah first, they were rocking that us. shit too yeah, and proud. then um yeah. like i don't know if you remember like tribe and kmd they used tribe, to always yeah. wear those um those like long sleeve <clears throat> t-shirts with the hoods that they sell at the gap
2: yes yeah, like I said, one colors like layer, that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah so i would, I'd had a i had those in like every color with like a baseball hat to match like, that was my first run.
0: Nice.
1: After that, I went towards, like, a lot of rugby's, very baggy mm-hmm. jeans, like photographer vests and combat vests, stuff like that. The with, um We, like, Jordans. I were a lot of Jordans at that time. And nice. same thing, like, a hat for every outfit. Um, <sighs> and, like, that was when I was in college. So, like, me and my friends, we all were, like, similar size. So – we would like switch with each other too. Like once go we got bro. tired oh, yeah. of wearing something, we'd be like, Yo, I'll trade you this rugby for that polo and that hat, Sick. you know, like that sort of thing. So we would always like flip up our outfits that way. And when I got into rapping, I got really into like um, military, like gear, like, you know, army, Navy store surplus. Yes, shit. I go, bro. Um, I did that too. Hiking yeah. boots, like, you know, like sort of like the Vasques, um, a solos, yeah. like shit that was like sort of intricate looking we like backpacks with a ton of straps, yeah. Patagonia gear, North Face gear, like all that shit. Ooh. Um, And then that was kind of like my last error of really caring. Right. Um, After that, I just sort of like, I would wear like T-shirts, you know, like it would be like a signifier. Like I have a Stretch and Bob T-shirt, but just with like jeans right. or like, right. you know, an EPMD T-shirt or whatever it is, like that style of thing. And now I think like I've moved on to the point where, I kind of try to dress nice mm-hmm. and then add a splash or an indicator yes. that somebody that's into hip hop yes. would know that I'm into hip hop. Yes. But without being like the, you know, the old man that's dressing like Drake. You know what I mean? Or like dressing <laughs> like a Drake fan. Right. So it's it's sort of like Yeah, it's like age appropriate clothing with indicators. Mm-hmm. That yes. I'm into hip hop And it could just be like It could be as simple as like Sneakers and, and the way I wear my hat
2: Love it You know what I oh, mean wait, like I would Those be things I to not mention When I got well, I would be remiss not to not mention When I got to Philly I did do a long stretch Of white t-shirt outfits mm. Wow that, that was legal That was the law So you just went to the store Got yourself four or five Oversized white tees And throughout the day You cycled through them And that could be Sweet all your, your week You just had to Wear some type of pantalones Yeah And, yep. and go that route but yeah white tees philly philly had a heavy white tee wave That's in atlanta big heavy She's big on it yeah. heavy um so my, and uh
0: the first like hip-hop thing i really owned and loved was the um looney tunes t-shirts wow it would be like bugs oh, when, Bunny they would, when they were be like, like,
2: be like a hip-hop pose yeah they would be first wearing like a
0: baseball jersey with the shit on backwards and then the back of your t-shirt was the flip side of bugs and tasmanian devil yep. yeah yeah I would rock that with like, see when I was, when I was a little kid, it was like the filas, the ankle strap filas were everything. The purple joints, red, orange, you had to have the fila with the strap. And then you would, you would dangle it off your ankle, like kind of like air forces, you would just have the strap hanging. Um, that was like the first thing. And then everything was like starter hats. Mm -hmm. I had the starter hats, the starter pullovers. And then once I hit high school and I became like a full-time rap maniac and would work jobs and all my money would go to buy rap shit. It was like it was like late 90s. So it was like green. Like I had like a green Yankees hat. I had a fucking Fubu hat, the flex fit joints. I had yellow. Like it was like the Hype Williams era, like Hype Williams bad boy. So it was like all the colors you could get things in different looks. So I remember I had a huge, big oversized starter. Um like Windbreaker, it was a yellow, and I had like this green Yankees hat. And I'd be listening to fucking like Beat Nuts tape, and then uh, and then like buying all like the triple five soul and um, and Nietzsche. And like, because right by my job, I was selling Castro the other day, I, I used to get paid every day. I used to work at this butcher shop in South Philly, totally I mean,
2: reckless to get
0: cash to guy. In, oh, my hand, in my hand, totally Oh, and throughout throughout I could day. just spend whatever day. today, I'm
2: getting paid later
0: every <laughs> day. Well, right. so and I sold like, Castro if, if they had a good day. At the shop, we would get more money. He would just slide us like an extra 20 bucks. So I would walk. So from the walk from the butcher shop to the bus to catch home was like a good three block walk. And then in three block walks, there was a mixtape store and then a record. And the mixtape store would sell like the hip hop clothes, like the Triple Five Soul shit. And then there was another store that was just like urban clothes, like Azure. Like when I watched the Wired clips, I'm like, oh, my God. I remember when all those brands first came out, they had them at academics. If you want
2: to talk about shit. Brandon pervades all that the is, is walk aware. Oh, when you walk-aware. go back and look at New York undercover and videos and you would just, oh, you man. just start noticing the look. I remember I started following them this year this year and now I go back and remember all they you know they show clips of all the time yeah. my Epps was wearing walk away or, or, or you know, like they very much are very pervasive right. I mean yes. amongst the other style but t- the style is walk away is known but not known it's not like Carl right. Kanai in terms of like but yeah right.
0: Yeah. yeah. So the, I was, I was big on like the urban brands on their come up. So I would, I would cop all that shit. And then uh, once I hit college, it was more like me really getting into indie rap. So, and then indie rock, like I just started really getting to other genres and so I was dressing like more like um not as like urbaned out. It was more like a blending of like indie rock guys meets like, I remember slug, and L and Ace had a vibe like I liked like the, like, the trucker hat with like they're kind of like slacker look you know what I mean it was like b boy but like slacker type it wasn't they B-boy, weren't wearing slacker. the brands like that you know what I mean it wasn't yeah. they weren't front out like John Blaze hoodie or like you know Helly Hansen or some shit so I was like rocking that I definitely had like many trucker hats <laughs> and then once I started doing shows a lot that's like Castro and, and both of your points I would go like the Eyeball Goldberg Cause I'll get clothes like for shows. I'm like, I'm going to be sweating my ass off. So I need like pieces just for that, but I need them cheap. So I would hit like I Goldberg or like Burlington co-factory or mm-hmm. like drunken monkey echo, all the discount joints. Like I would go to the, the hats, like lids and all that, but get the ones on sales. Like, I'm going to be sweating through this fucking hat. I'm going to ruin it. So, and I've been a hat maniac my whole life. So I was like, I knew I'm going to destroy these hats. So now it's like, I like to um, like Alaska's point. I like to, I'm I like to be simple and and have shit that goes together, but like one just one like hip hop indicator. I like how you said that. Like one indicator will be like I'll wear regular shit to a family function, but then wear like my Ferris Bueller dunks, like the Jordan dunks mm-hmm. that I bought off PQ. Shasta to PQ. <laughs> He's mad about that shit. But I had like I'll you know, I'll just have like one thing on. I'll wear like a gold pinky ring or a gold bracelet, just to, to your point, like if some dude knows some shit or some chick know, like they'll walk up and be like, oh. You know, that's crazy so it's like outside of you know it's really weird when you watch like road ass men still like dipped out and
2: <laughs> yeah, we still try
1: and show those I looks, remember watching dude, the um it's
2: rough it's rough uh paul's what paul's documentary adult rappers adult rappers yes. With, with, yes what we all were wearing in the interviews and yeah in some of the clips it's just interesting because some of us can't like i watch breeze you know grow up a bit mm-hmm. in a sense and i i can tell there's still a lot of hip-hop in his teacher clothing you know what i'm saying yeah, like you right. can tell even in the professional settings you can see bobito always has like signifiers on even yeah. probably in like board meetings and stuff
0: right and it's how you rock it you know what i mean it's like like alaska you know, me and him talk about that a lot it's like you can get all these pieces or you could met the man has a very adult Ooh.
2: hip-hop style love his Terminal yeah ray and as well and, and, ray is um, the king yeah ray even ray Nas too cool. like
0: all the events Nas is always yeah. like
2: dressed up yeah buster like, still goes with with truck jewels, I uh-huh. would say he has not let allowed himself to get out of wearing truck jewelry like big. He has his big, big. Uh, They're nuts.
0: He's yeah. like a Cuban uh-huh. chain. It's insane. Yeah, it like, like a bracelet around his neck.
1: The yeah. thing that's dope about the way Buster does it is he rocks it with like age appropriate clothing. Correct. Well, yeah, he but wears sweaters like, like, and, one and one flash. Yeah. He does. He yeah, does yeah, sag his pants. Like a plain silk. black sag his, like his pants, shirt. but he's not wearing like Sags. the ones that are like shredded down the front oh, or like the ribs. The ribs are like the sort of like you know. Buster has a body thing. His double buses. Yeah, stuff it has that, that sort fits of are different like weird, now. Yeah. Almost like vent type of fabric around the knee where you're. Yeah. The motorcycle, like the motorcycle jeans. Yeah, them the shit. Like, yeah. whenever I see dudes rocking those shits, I'm like, come on, man, it's they're very, like jean joggers like, or something like that. They're yeah, it's like, like very yeah. dip set. It's like yeah. it's
0: like 2010 dip sets still rocking. But I
2: think it. I think that was our effort to to do look for the longest. The jean was the jean. There was yeah. really no different design yeah, yeah. to it. Then we started staining them.
0: Yeah, V visu with the patch on the back, and then
2: they started changing a little bit. So yeah, I get. Why did jogger jeans with the thing around the knee got popular? Because we wanted a we wanted something different. Uh, girls' right. jeans, oh, I, I get it too. But I, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think dwarf. when you're like 50 and you're rocking it, it's like oh,
2: yeah. But yeah. me, yeah. And Z- it's like you know when a 50
1: big... year old woman's dressing for Forever 21 clothing, you're like okay, Ugh. that's not
2: 40 and up, right? Yeah, go follow the road of Kith, Kith, yeah. and uh, Amy and Leondor. I mean, that's follow these brands. You yep. can still Paro, have a touch Hata. to your to your youth. They do they do cross collaborations and stuff. So if you like oh i used to hear yeah like, like anything days.
0: alchemist anything alchemist wears you should follow that
2: brand yeah pat i just the just there's a way to do it yes, gentlemen. Just saying, there's, yes. A, there's a definitely way to do it there's a lot of hip-hop professionals in the world today where they have me like i mean I, I hate him he kind of scumbag now but um russell always dressed a certain way like that whole sneaker it was like it was like preppy thing. he was like prepping yeah. but, but, but preppy the prep was street. still you still gonna have um white sold sneakers, yeah. which you always will take it to a uh, yes. a, a yes. different level. Yeah. Oh, what's his name has the illest for his age? Stretch Armstrong.
1: Woo! Oh yeah, yeah. Stretch dress is
0: incredible. Well. Fresh, yeah. So, yeah. He has like like a lot of, like fly tennis shit he wears. Yeah, like tennis shirts. Yeah. Like stuff. if you want
1: to dress fly, dress like fucking uh, Franklin from uh, Snowfall. Snowfall
2: Lacoste. Yeah. Yep, that's all you need. Yeah. Oh, like you my look- man. Um, was it with the pigeon staple? um with the pigeon logo uh
0: pigeon logo
2: yeah the pigeon logo that the um the designer that, that uses the pigeon logo it's staple something um the asian cat
0: i know penguin brand
2: no his, his logo is like a pigeon yeah, yeah it's staple i know what you're talking about yeah, yeah 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 i just can't remember his name right
1: now it's called state yeah the clothing line is called staple yeah oh, okay somebody named jeff founded
0: it yeah jeff man <laughs> well, jeff and them yeah jeff Staple, i think his name is yeah
1: but it's it's sort of similar to like yeah it's, it's very very sort of like low-key yes as opposed Correct. to like
0: loud yeah loud and proud yeah it's
1: so, not into it yeah I, I like no. that
2: Maybe all right we've our first break
1: and- hit our first break and then come back for the the next topic right.
2: stacking chips
0: the new album from me and jason griff it's available every place you want to get some motherfucking bangers for the car for the gym to annoy your kids however you like to get down with new banging indie rap music we got you stacking chips hosted by our good friend laura jones aka scorsese stacking chips on records Crushing every single enemy. The album features everybody we know. Everybody was dope in the world. From Def Sea to Shrapnel to Zero Star to Solar Fire to Ace Cannon. Sketch 185. Milk, Alaska, Jesse, Andrew, and Alice Ludovico. Woo! Incredible. Grab the tape. Grab the CD in the wooden box with the unbelievable design by Philly graffiti legend Devin. Available at insubordinaterecords.com. Long live Scorsese.
1: Do it. We are back. All right. Time for topic number two. You want me to go Zilla or you yeah, want to go for go? it? Go for it. All right. <laughs> so the other day there was somebody in like the world of hip hop. I'm not going to name names, but they put out this sort of like big post about why they're changing things and why like they don't think people are like checking for them. Yes. Um. And oh, yeah. It sort of made I me. I don't know the difference. So it, it's uh, it's basically like somebody that does a podcast that was like, because I called it this or because I, you know, talk about this, like I don't think people respect it or think that I'm like, you know, serious about it. And I feel like it's rubbing people the wrong way, even though nobody told me that. And, you know, I could see it in our listenership, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to me, it's like, you know, you just picked a real like small world of hip hop to, explore and there's not a lot of people that check for that right right so a couple of years back i had a com- similar conversation with some mc friends of mine mm-hmm. where they were like <laughs> still blaming Ugh. like puffy and hot 97 wow. for well, them still. not blowing up still wow. this was like 2015
0: sure mm-hmm. oh and i
1: was like what are you talking about like i was like <laughs> you made weirdo rap music for a small audience like right you possibly reach your potential, but you also never toured. You put out your music real irregularly. Like, take some ownership of like your stake in the world. Like nobody, like those aren't the reasons that you didn't succeed. Correct. Right, and they were like, "Oh, you're being Republican about this shit." Blah blah blah. Oh, was wow. like, <laughs> yeah. So it was, I was like, yeah, "But to me, I want to talk about <sighs> this sort of lack of self-accountability or self-awareness." Yeah. Amongst. Failed rap artists, <laughs> or well, you know, fail. It could be anybody, really. It doesn't, doesn't have to be rap industries artists, Enterprises, but, you know. This is just the world that I encountered it in. But the sort of inability to look within yourself as the reason why you're at your station, if that makes sense. Yeah,
2: me and Cash have been saying that forever. I mean, well, is the, the, the first of all, it's like the 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 the, the quality, the qualities that you try to enhance when you become an MC, sometimes become your achilles heel yeah in the sense that you can't you're not supposed to see yourself how you are you're supposed to have this grand inflated sense of self mm-hmm, Against right all odds i'm because if you don't think you're the best that you're headed to the best and you won't keep sharpening your sword right yeah. you know you'll just think all right i'm here but i, I re- it's that same question of like all right do you think you like or do you think you're better than eminem or do you think you're better than jordan you have and, and then somebody says yeah i think i am oh i like that they have to say, I like that he said that. Everybody should that say it. that about themselves. That. But it's so weird because, you know, MCing should not be a competition sport, but it is inherently because yeah. we have that big battling backbone. And everybody mm-hmm. talks about being in lunchrooms and, and Jay-Z versus DMX and all that stuff. Like these guys went to high school together. We'll never get away from that because these guys went to high school together. Because yeah. Buster, DMX, and Jay-Z went to high school together. Yeah. And we'll never get away from like the battling origin of things. And so because you're supposed to be that way, when you don't realize that you're not connecting with something that we're making and we don't know, who knows? Nobody knows a hit. I don't care what you, I don't care what demographics or what room you sit in with writers and try to disrupt this and you call Rick Rubin, I don't care. A hit, Hits are like grabbing smoke. Who knows yep. what people are going to like and catch on to and start playing and do dances to? Who? No, you do not know. So you're letting things out into the ether. The formula changes each time. Mm-hmm. And if you don't hold yourself accountable on each one of those steps, so now you're three albums in, right? And you still haven't given you. You still haven't told yourself what we didn't do right for our output and the results we went for the first two albums. You're yep. totally deluded by the third album. Yep. Because at that point, it's them against us, and the the big bad boogeyman of hip hop. I, I knew people straight up new cats that were my partners that thought that they something was out to get them. Yes. Their yep. label was out to get <laughs> yeah. them. Their managers were out to get them. When su- um, surprisingly enough. Their life has never been in a situation where somebody is out to get them. Just Mm -hmm. when they got into this hip hop vein, everything else. But outside of the hip hop vein, again, everything else is somebody else's fault. Yeah. If you don't hold yourself accountable, then you don't have to sit there and say, I've wasted this many amount of years not holding myself accountable. This was worth Mm -hmm. it because of this campaign, this anti campaign against me. And then these powers that be. I used to be, I used to say that shit.
1: Oh, yeah. I think we all did, but I think at a certain point we all looked and realized like, all right, I have some responsibility here as well. Right. Like, you know, I, you know, didn't work as hard as I should have on that record, or, you know, I took advantage of the wrong things or I got mad at the wrong people. You know, like I was a shithead. You know what I mean? So like to me, it's like when you look at what success looks like, a lot of it's hard work. Yep. A lot of it's quality, but just as much of it is luck right Mm
2: -hmm. yeah so yeah luck is big
1: when you're putting shit forward and you know creating opportunities for yourself whether it's like getting to know people networking putting yourself out there making quality music or whatever you're doing even if you did everything the same exact way as jay-z did it or the rizzo did it there's no guarantee that that's going to happen for you No. that was the lucky one right so when you're putting additional obstacles in your way and you're not aware of the limitations that those obstacles may incur on you. Like that's on you to me. Like if you're making like weirdo rap music that has an audience, a small limited audience, and you think that that's going to blow up because the people around you are gassing you or because you're unable to see that, like your idea of what success is, isn't lined up with what the actual output that you're creating is. Right. Right. You think that you should be a multi-platinum artist when there's only, you know, 15,000 people in the country that Max. like that type of music. Correct. Right. We'll so it. right. it's it's not, if you get to those 15,000 people, you've won, actually. Correct. Correct. You know what I mean? It's not like somebody was holding you down. You've actually achieved the maximum of what you, you could get.
2: Up, yeah, you maxed out that. Brain. Yeah.
1: And you should be happy about that. Like, yeah. that's not More something enough. that you did wrong or that right. somebody like stopped you from achieving
0: yeah i i want to jump in and say this that that conversation you had with those dudes um i i feel like what's sad about it is they they didn't seem to be very curious as to why they quote unquote failed yeah it was like a straw man like oh walt puffy oh it's it's uh it's the fcc act of 1996 shitting on radio and you know it's the conglomerations of all these uh, media companies viacom and all this crap it's the death of print media it's the death of journalism it's it's all of these things and i'm like well you know uh, billy woods is finding an audience yep. you know what i mean like killer mike and lp started finding an audience and new audiences 10 years ago and kept it going so there is a play Aesop's bigger than ever. I mean he's got an album coming out that costs 150,
2: 150 bucks 25 bucks with for the a final. fucking
0: speaking spell on a light right that's insane. So and he's the weirdest of weird rappers okay Aesop is the king and the weirdest of the weird and he's a genius too and he could still do it. so I but he's changed a lot with the times and the times have changed how many times since he came out. And so I feel like if you're not going to, keep track of what's hitting then you're going to be where you're going to
2: be you know yeah. and that's Heck okay Like could have packed it in a long time ago and he right? found his whole niche where he doesn't even need to leave kansas city nope to make
0: correct money. and he, but he, make he money. but he but he was doing that early when the only path was like doing a shitload of shows and lose money for years and, and he, and he, he the traversed
2: whole, the major label he was one of the first he, said, no, and he got gonna... dropped
0: right and he got dropped and so yeah. like what was see when a guy like him gets dropped it's like okay what do i need to do better you know, like what? What am I going to do to make this shit hot? And it's like, I, I just read this thing. I me mean, I mean, Alaska and griffith Texan about the Ramones. I was listening to Ramones yesterday and watching a documentary, and like the Ramones didn't go gold until like thirty years after their debut came out.
2: But that was I, when they gave you a long string with music. Like, you can well, they, they were they were
0: coming out a lot. They were dropping a lot of records, but like none of that shit was hitting. Like they they in they revolutionized punk music and influenced every fucking band after them and couldn't sell five hundred thousand when you could sell records like that. Like there's only choice you, get. you had to go buy it and they right. wouldn't sell. But what the interesting thing was, there was like a an inflection point with the band where they were talking to Johnny Ramone about like basically doing a deal where they could have signed with epitaph this is probably like late nineties and epitaph would have done everything for them. Cause everyone fucking loved them. And he decided like to stick with their manager and do some deal. And like, I think it was like CJ Ramon was like, bro, this same manager you've had has gotten you the same fucking results year. They yeah. were, dude, they were doing like 250 shows a year, every year for 30 years, bro, living off t-shirt sales, right? And then he decided to stick with the manager. And the dude TJ Ramones, be, bro, this fucking train's always on time. You grind, you make a record, you play a zillion fucking shows, and you get a fraction of what your influence is. Like that's stupid. But like they didn't want to go that route. You know what I mean? Whereas now whoever owns the rights, like you hear their songs in fucking Spider-Man movies, you see their t-shirts at Target, at Walmart. They're a fucking big brand now. And like, and I, I shot it to um in Alaska, like a quote from Gene Simmons from a kiss thinking like you're thinking, you think they're this huge iconic band. They weren't shit right. for 30 years. Not they weren't not shit, real time,
2: right? yeah. not but real for
0: time. them, it was like, but this is what we do. We just want to go to spots, pack out the fucking place, play 30 minutes, play 15 songs in 30 minutes, sell our t-shirts on to the next town. That's all. That was the grind they were on. Yeah. So it's like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's where they wanted to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like if you're complaining, if you feel like there's a villain or a ghoul out there you know i mean i bet if you really started studying algorithms and like looked at what's trending and kind of leaned into that shit you would get very quick <laughs> results you know what i mean like it's not that complicated like even the new puffy album puffy's album is him repurposing half the fucking songs he did in the 90s and then everybody's linking up with the hottest people today it. and making new everybody's, hot shit today.
2: Everybody's going for it,
0: everybody's and it's fucking great. It's, I listened to it like four times. I'm like, I remember when he did this shit in '97. I remember when he flipped this sample. And then, oh, here's a new song with the Weekend and Ty dollar Sign. Always, it's like a nice, you know, melting pot for people our age and then people like in the you know 20s. But that's calculated. That's puppies calculated. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not calculated, and like your point last, you're doing very weird things with a very small funnel for people to get involved. And you're not touring non-stop fucking and you're not on a label on the rise and your style is not in you know like uh, i don't know that's that that's that's what's gonna happen yeah. but you should be all right with that like we, we talked about briefly real quick i'll wrap it up by saying like rob thomas we talked about the matchbox 20 in one of our episodes where he said like they blew the fuck up because it was the only time in their band's history when what they made and they thought was cool was what became the biggest trend in music and he said everything after that first album never lined up, but they could still sell, but they were never as big as they were on that because it was just the perfect time for them. Do you know yeah, what I mean? But like lined up,
1: That's luck that sell up that you're talking about.
0: That's it. It was just dumb yeah. luck. He even said it. it was like, who remember I told you like their first week they came out, they sold like 7,000 copies. Yeah. That first album, which ended up doing like 12 million, but yeah, they weren't shit, you know, for months yeah. and months and months. So who knows?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it, it also like, I, I think of it like this, right? There are people that say they're rappers, producers, DJs, just to say they're rappers, producers, DJs. Right. So, like, if anybody asks you, well, no, "What are you doing for work?" No,
2: output. Yeah, what I do know you doing for? I'm, I'm a
1: rapper. On. I'm a musician. Okay, and the, most people don't question you after that. So, yeah. I think about like when I'm looking for yeah, you like, don't
2: have to prove it with anything physical. You don't have to. Yeah, have exactly. Have to to
1: I, I think about like when I'm trying to find somebody to do some work on my place. Yeah. Contractors. There's a million fucking contractors. Got it. And then there's like three reliable contractors. Correct. The ones that will answer your calls, will show up on time, will do the work in a timely fashion.
0: Right. You know, like shit like that. Like
1: I had, I had a big job on my house and I reached out to like seven different people and it was like $20,000 job. Right. And I wouldn't get callbacks. Finally, I just like the guy that showed up. I was like, it's your job if you want it. Mm -hmm. Two months after that, a guy called me back. He's like, oh, I just saw your email. Do you still want to do it? I was like, no. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, I thought we were going to do this. I was like, I fucking emailed you two months ago. You're just getting back to me now? Two months. Two I was months. Like, oh, like, fuck out of here. Time more time going Come on, man. Here. Yeah. like, And you see, like, you see, like, the ones that get work and the ones that are still living in their house that they're repairing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
2: between waiting for opportunities to kind of slide into your lap.
1: Yeah. And, going to get and creating the them. Or right. just taking them when they do slide into your lap.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that.
1: More. so yeah. should we take another break and then come back for yeah. for these questions? Let's Z just question? go. Let's just go. All right. Let's go. All right. Okay. So let's my,
0: go. Mine was around the rhetoric I saw online this week about um, is sampling becoming too lazy now um, because all the songs we liked twenty years ago are being sampled, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're flipping like Nori, they're flipping Foxy Brown they're flipping, um, even the fucking, uh, the Mario Winans joint for the yeah. weekend song. Um, there's just so many uh, even the, um, girls' plays too, where they flip fucking, yeah. you know, the mess, not the message. Yeah. The message, which was also flipped by puffy, which was also flipped by ice cube. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like check yourself and all that shit. And it's like the, um, again, I just said puffy's flipping his own shit again yeah. on his new album. Yeah. So, I thought it was hilarious because I'm just like s- sampling is lazy. Like that's the whole point. Like it's you can grab a hot record off a shelf and make it something new versus like okay, gotta learn how to play piano.
2: got there some was some musicians. really some <laughs> real, real, real slack jaw grabs back in the day when you go find the. Same yes, oh her. yeah. You're like, oh, you, you do nothing. Like you when you find out later such and such amazing idea they didn't do anything not yeah. everybody see people got it all to it so premiere likes to chop so when yeah. a producer likes to chop they like to take the sample and break it into little itty bitty pieces right yeah everybody doesn't like the chop you got no. They'll, they'll, everybody's not Not a big chop a guy Q-tip's no i mean a you, go,
1: you could go to like half the half the tribe called quest records are like freddie hubbard samples like just a That's loop it. of a freddie
0: hubbard brand joint. green joint loop yeah. that like dude fucking come on check the rhyme yeah. walk on a wild side baseline there it is just f- simple S- oh, the, um
2: there. um what's the one with take my heart out for the evening or whatever find my oh, way. Find my yeah. way find that's my straight, way that's straight two jacks two samples that's yeah. it one on top simple of that. even like i heard the
0: you know like a lot a lot of the mad lib shit when you hear them records he just puts them together and that's it mm-hmm. like he just repra- It's the same way yeah. like what was that um the artist that did that one piece like the fountain he just took like a urinal and put it in a museum and it's called the fountain yeah what's that is it Duchamp I forget his name but it's like he's like okay if I put it in this context it's art in your house it's a fucking toilet in the men's room it's a toilet but here it's art and then you could put all these meanings to it and shit but I I just saw these people going back and forth about it and like yeah it's really bad now like the sampling is just oh my god because because like they're sampling the Neptune shit which was them playing but the Neptunes were fucking trying to be Steely Dan like yeah. all their arrangements yeah. are super yeah. simple which is great and that's very tricky and made millions of dollars but i'm like but it's the same as q-tip like i said or risen or oh like 260 from ghostface is just the first four bars of the al green
2: record yeah, yeah. that's it nothing else he no, didn't have no no idea original and it's not like, look sometimes especially with beats it's just a race who can get to who can get to for their eight. machine and do it first yeah yeah. everybody kind of has the same idea who can do it who did it for i did it first so it's yeah, it's a, You know what I'm saying? Even if you come and do it a little later So no, I think that's that's a little blowing out of proportion Because a lot of great beats were made With with, with, with a simple programming And a lot of great beats were made with, Like totally intricate things Calling in musicians and doing all yeah. that shit It's both, it's it's, it's literally both
1: Yeah, I but I, I like also music. think it's what you do with it, right? Like how many Man. people sample Nautilus oh, so. a million, You only really yeah. care about like Two or three of the songs that sample Nautilus Indeed Yeah, right? and
0: That's like a rite of passage for a producer yeah. to touch that joint
1: yeah. So, and like nobody's getting mad at Lady Gaga when she does like a album with standards. Right, nobody's like, right. oh man, is Lady Gaga lazy, lazy. now?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Her and the, the Tony Bennett record, yeah. like, oh, they're doing yeah. all the jazz shit. Yeah. They're oh, yelling. they're
1: being lazy now? Nobody like that'll be celebrated by the same people. It's like it's people that want to devalue the work of other people, right? Or like just have something to fucking talk about. Like, how much of shit that goes on is just people needing. Something to talk when about.
2: When you go back and really do your research, you'll find that covers are covers of covers, and how many yep. people have taken Dionne Warwick songs? True. The yeah. the, these these are like some of their main. Luther's one of Luther's main songs is a Dionne Warwick. Cover. Yeah. Like the song mm-hmm. that you identify certain artists with, oh, Dionne Warwick did all of them. Like you're like really like right. you know what I'm yeah. saying when you go back and really look. So
1: yeah, cool. or you look at like um nothing compares to you. Uh-oh. It's like a it's a that Prince is. song. I mean
2: you know right. she
1: owns that song a- now but it right.
2: was a print song it, and it's also about making things your are like we're saying so that yeah. yeah in that instance it is a print song no no doubt about it and it's owning it if you're gonna take a cover interpolate yeah. it or whatever puffy was doing it like crazy and i remember at first we was all against it and next thing you know we're dancing in our seats Yeah, you know i've been around the well, and uh, yeah 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 like you got Ooh. people can't sing, singing hooks something yeah, sure.
1: with like everybody hated hammer for taking the obvious sample then yeah. you know, like he created that. That, that whole thing is hard. It's like people just want to complain. They don't. They want to control who's allowed to do what. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Because yeah. they're not allowed to do shit but complain. Caroush. So they want to control <laughs> like a
2: motherfucker. It's who's a that? Big Karis one. Yeah. And that shit. Just... Yeah, I mean,
1: he his whole thing, like uh, he Jack, like the whole uh, Billy Joel is still rock and roll to me. Oh yeah. Like, When he's singing, and then Ghostface took that and put Ooh. it in Child's Play. Like there's a they allow use things. that shit. Yeah just you know I mean? fucking just because you don't understand or you don't like the person that's doing it doesn't mean that is lazy
2: right it's not Fuck i don't off. think that ownership you can't spread it like that like you can't nope. do this or you can't do that or yeah. this beat is not experimental you know sometimes people don't want to hear a whole bunch of dissonance and backwards record playing like right sometimes people want to hear smooth easy groove like yeah nothing wrong with it Yo, yeah. i found i mean smalls were texting
0: about this over the weekend <laughs> smalls was like talking about the rhetoric he was like Rapper raps over a familiar sample on a mixtape. Fans are like, this is great. Rapper raps over a familiar sample on a commercially released album. The fans go, oh my God, hip hop is mad. Lazy with the sample and bring back the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I was sending him these messages real quick about, um, I was going back through my playlist. I had, and I, there was this chick, Nicole Buss, who put out this record in 2019. And I think she's, she's Dutch. But she was like doing all the fucking puffy cheat codes with this shit. Mm-hmm. Where she she takes the cream sample and has a remix with Ghostface. Then she has a remix with Rick Ross. Both her just singing over to fucking um as long as I got you by what's it called? Um Gladys Knight and them, right? Mm-hmm. But then she has another way. I'm gonna see if I can play here. He it's called Let me share my screen for one second. Like this, this is not even lazy. This is just like cheat coding it, which is fucking hilarious to me. It's like we can do that, and it's a banger. And she thought of it first. Here it is. It's called. Um, which one is it? It's with you. Here we go. Ready for this? Can you guys hear this shit when I play it? Hopefully you can hear did it. Did you this check the button the sound? I did. Here we go. Can, can yeah, you guys hear here. this? Okay. Yeah. okay yeah. Can you spot the samples? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Watch this. This is like three cheat codes on top of each other. But she thought of it. Buckshot. Yep. yep. <laughs>
2: Oh, wait, yeah, it has the, the say, drums. Um, Ooh, yep. It's like the Enigma drums, right? Yup. And then there you the oh, rock that's, oh, that's That's Jordy. Yup. Yep. was yep. just um, so I to the
1: music it's No, it's um, oh, I, I, I think,
2: um, about the homeless girl. Yeah. The uh, so, Suzanne Vega. Yeah,
0: Suzanne yep. Vega. So she just adds this part. Um, So she has the the, bucks, the 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 Black Moon shit with the fucking Eric Rock Kim drums and the Suzanne Vega shit.
2: You know what I mean? No, no, I'm thinking of
0: something
2: else. Homeless. Yeah, uh, I think Crystal Waters. Crystal Waters,
0: morning, Crystal, Crystal yeah. Waters. Yeah. And, that's, and
2: that, you you recognize that cadence immediately if anybody starts singing it like that. Yes. Yeah,
0: immediately. So she threw that on top. It's like, okay, that that's fucking cool with me. I got no problem with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. go. Now, is that lazy? Or the it clever? It's clever. It's clever, and we all know the samples, all of them. Yeah. Most of her fans may not know all three of these joints that she's, you know, what I mean, snatching up. Well, you definitely want to take from an era where you think there's a there's a blind spot. Like, you yeah. know Here's another one so, she does. Casher, remember this sample?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is this? A- uh, Bang, bang, burns, busting rhymes. Yeah. Yep. Burn, Everybody, rah! Whoa. Yup. Come on, hey. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's you, what I'm don't
0: you don't need a lot. Just take that at the best Nods beat of all time, but it was his first beat.
2: Things could go back to the normal day.
0: See? No, no R&B chick touched What's this before. She's like, fuck it. I'm taking the Musta song. Wait to hear these drums
1: hit.
0: And then more classic drums. Here we go. Woo, the, the Albreed I shit. Like the yeah. uh, uh,
2: crazy. Nice
1: like this, rain
2: come on, man. Now. Come on, uh, come on man. Crazy. So, and then those drums. Those are the hum.
1: I got a story I'll to tell drums. Agree. Story to tell and the dead
0: wrong drums, Chucky Thompson used them drums all, dead. all, dead. all, dead. all dead. the time. that drag, with that drag. Mahogany, Eric B. and Rocky. And then real quick, this, this is how I got wind of her was this joint. And then we could take a break. I know kind of derailing us, but this is, I'm not going to play the Ghostface version. He sounds fucking creepy, which is weird to say
2: know the city, my That's when the hops don't With my inventory, how we keep the tops low Different homes throughout the city like I'm Sean Combs Keep a kilo in the kitchen like it's pot roast Love in the eyes, money on my mind Paint the city red, Keith Harris 305 Boots and abundance, hoops and a hummus Black Escalade troops in the gunners. You hit a boom, all you suckers better duck. Yeah. Rich, rich World Cup, you better bet on us. I put my shorty first when I pen a verse. First sight, or was it wasn't just a curse. Like is fine, but cute
1: like but
0: she,
2: she does like the so original so shit, go the Gladys Knight shit. You know I mean? It's what you want. If you want to go to, if you want to find out some real science on beats. And them really fucking manipulating samples, and you need to listen to Havoc. Because yep. when they start revealing the stuff that he was doing, stretching it and taking the parts of the stretch and chopping, yep. exactly. and they thing was doing like Havoc. Havoc Ooh. was really, really twisting minds back then. He wasn't Same with just premiere. Right. Taking like the Godfather pieces. Part 3. That was oh, thing. yeah. That. As long as I've got.
0: But it's
1: oh.
0: Oh. <laughs> crazy, bro. Right? Mm.
1: Hey, we're going to say it, Liz. It's-, it's basically like the line of like it's the reason why nobody respects cultural criticism anymore right because right. it's like why is this thing no, ruining everything wait. Oh, why oh, is this oh, thing oh, changing everything oh, oh. oh right.
0: dame to milwaukee
2: sorry yo sorry sorry me time.
0: and cash would talk about this every day for, Dame went to milwaukee Bucks. We traded yo. dame oh my god dame to milwaukee that's great finally all right go ahead i'm sorry
1: okay so yeah so it's it's just basically like the line of cultural criticism right nobody because mm. it's it's if anything has gotten stupid and easy and lazy, it's that, Yeah. right? Where it's like, this is the one thing that's ruining everything. This is the one, th- this one thing is not what you think it is. And this is why it's important. Yep. Or this one thing, how does this impact sort of marginalized group here? Like that's it. That's, that's all cultural criticism at this point. There's very few people that are just going to talk about the art itself it's right. all an avenue for you to try to control the way people think, and not yeah. think about the music. Think right. about your philosophy well, I mean, is in it, life.
2: But that's the empowerment of criticism that goes along with when the critics become bigger than what they're criticizing, and and then mm-hmm. then it, then is the personal agendas, what have you. Yeah. Instead of just to be an objective, is what I'm saying. Like people have sometimes we have moved from the being objective as possible. There's agendas, like the yeah. whole thing about Pitchfork has reviews. But what we don't know, we kind of find out the numbers are like crowdsourced, So the number is not coming from that reviewer yeah. at all. It's coming from like, you know, a bunch of people, but yeah, Alaska. I, I agree. Yeah. hundred thousand percent. I'm stopped to share. For yeah.
0: Of
1: this yeah. So it's, yeah, it's the laziest shit is calling some other shit. Lazy, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But like, my point
0: is sampling is lazy. On its it's own, uh, but but you can turn it. But you turn it into the same way I said about that artist. Is like I'm going to go to a Home Depot. I'm going to buy a urinal. I'm not doing it. I'm just buying it and I'm just putting it in this room. And now I did it because my intention is I'm going to make art out of a regular object, which is amazing. He didn't paint. He didn't learn how to draw, sketch, none of that shit. But that's art. You know what I mean? It's awesome. So there you go. All right, that was my piece. Anyone take a break again?
2: I think we're good. I think we're done. right. Right. Oh yeah, we. are Yeah, we good.
0: Yeah, shit. Simple. That's oh, I thought I totally misread the 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 nature of this episode. That's why. What you thought it was? I thought it was gonna be three things each.
1: Oh no! Oh look. God, no! I was. That's so I thought I was that. like, oh man, I was we're, sitting uh, there going
2: ham about picking up my one. Like outside, <laughs> yeah. I was staring at my vinyl. I was like, what should I say about the vinyl it was sitting right in front of me? I was like, what well, should I say <laughs> something about who? I, what's your we best vinyl spine? This will be a 3 What's your favorite deep? vinyl spines of, <laughs> yeah. of all time? Like, what what, what what spines of vinyl is your favorite? <laughs> yeah, no one's talking about the climate crisis. This is a bothering me. Okay. Yeah. What,
1: why are we talking about that? More? Well, because how does the vinyl, vinyl resurgence shape America's climate situation?
2: <laughs> Yo, I ain't going to lie. I've been checked out. I checked. The one Republican came into Congress all with a snowball. See, this is why there's no climate change. Because he just came in there uh, with a snowball. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's
0: science right there. He, he was right. He tossed it at
2: the person running the meeting. He tossed yeah. his snowball at him. Yeah. I'm like, oh, gosh, y'all got to die, man. Yeah. They do, but I'm it's, it's you Try could flip it the
1: same die, way where it's like, because people will be like, you don't understand the difference between climate and weather. But then <laughs> you'll have a million people being like, climate change got this temperature at 100 degrees in October. No. Yep. It's it, like it's, it's always not. been that way. Like so you're, you're you're doing the same exact thing. You're confusing weather and climate.
2: Yeah,
0: correct. All I know is. Yeah, I like I like we how I change
2: the yeah. We were burning holes in our ozone, and if you yeah. stand under the hole, it can fry you Yo, a lot. Did you hear
0: that? Yeah. They're all they're all fixed now. Yeah, like the ozone's fine.
2: Ozone fixes itself. <laughs> it's repair. fine. well, because we got
1: rid we got rid of the well, we stopped the with the chug. Light. We stopped the with aerosol, the cars yeah. with the super with yeah. the super chugger. It has now repaired itself, and and like the aqua. Like, there's no
0: more oh, awkward. awkward yeah no and there's no more <laughs> hairband so it kind of worked oh, you know, yeah, I mean, that, once you oh, kill yeah, the that chemical that,
1: that,
2: that chemical aerosol, in the that aerosol yeah. Yeah, yeah that was crazy you we wow we, we be, we'll try something out on Earth yeah. and then hopefully it doesn't open up i mean it, look ultimately i don't know if it's a thousand years from now the earth is literally just gonna open up like pac-man and yep. swallow us all up it's I'm like George saying. Carlin so, said, the
1: earth isn't in danger. We are. We <laughs> are. Right. Like, seriously. Remember you said like yeah.
0: the earth. Everyone's like, they're killing us with plastic. Maybe the earth wanted us to make plastic. Yeah,
1: could figure it out. Maybe the earth it's is like, like nah. want to need plastic a little bit. Get rid of you fuckers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm about to call you. We got to talk about this.
0: Uh, <sighs> about uh, uh, yeah. Stay on for the Patreon. We'll, we'll just do the Patreon It just be a Castro. We'll do a live reaction. <laughs> <laughs> just stay. on oh, yeah. I hope that'll be fine. Okay.